if we are to enjoy the glory behind the cross, we must also bear the pains of the cross. Someone might be thinking, do I need to die for Christ again? Mm. Cross has to do with death. Jesus had to die that we may live. So that death we are talking about is to die to sin and to come back to the life in the spirit. Amen. What does it mean to carry your cross? I just told you what the cross signifies. What does it mean to carry your cross? It simply means to be ready to endure pains, hearts, rejections, loneliness, and to die for believing in Christ. If you cannot endure the pains of the cross, if you are not ready to die for Christ, say, he that will live must die. Amen. You must be ready to die for believing in Christ. It's a pity that many of us, we are not ready to die for what we believe in until you are not afraid of death. About what you believe, you have never believed at all. So, if you are always afraid to die for the sake of Christ, then you have never believed in Christ. To carry your cross also means to love Christ above everyone and everything in this world. To what? To love Christ above everyone and everything in this world. In Matthew chapter 10, I'll read verse 37 to 38. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Hallelujah. Father, mother, son, daughter. Those people are the most loved that we have. They are people we cannot do without. Before we think about anything, we think about those people. Your father, your mother, your son, your daughter, your families. And Jesus said, if you don't love them, love him more than them, you are not worthy of him. You can't claim to believe in Jesus Christ and not love him more than everyone and everything. The love of Christ in us must be above our career, our ministry. Many are so committed to their career, to their ministry, to their business, to their sense that they have lost the love of Christ. I see someone being restored in the name of Jesus. What does the glory behind the cross signify? It signifies divine reward, honor, and blessings that comes with you as a believer enduring the pains of faith in Christ Jesus. That is, the glory behind the cross means the honor, the blessings, and the reward of following Christ. The reward, the honor, the divine blessing of carrying your cross, accepting that you want to follow Jesus. May I tell you this? Following Jesus comes at a cost, yet with a reward. I want you to note that. Following Jesus, carrying your cross and following him comes at a cost, and yet with a reward. We'll get there. Philippians chapter 2, and let's see the reward of Jesus for carrying his cross and believing his father till death. Philippians chapter 2, and I read verse 8 to 10. And the Bible says here, 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So, because he carried his cross or endured the cross, believed in his Father till the point of death, the Bible says, a name that is above every other name in heaven on the earth and beneath the earth was given to him. He paid the costs of shedding his blood, yet he has the reward of a name that is above every other name. God has never given us Christ to follow him in vain. There is a cost which is to carry your cross and the reward is there for you. Amen. Now, who is the cross meant for? We are just saying he, he endured the cross. While did Jesus had to carry the cross. Now, I wrote here, I said, the cross is the, is the legal punishment for adding and convicted criminals in the time of Roman Empire. The cross is the legal punishment for adding and convicted criminals. So Jesus was adjured or was convicted legally as a hardened criminal. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, and the Bible says, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, having become a cause for us. For it is written, cause is everyone who acts on a tree. Caused. In other words, convicted. Jesus was an ex-convict that he may convince you and I to follow him. He decided to be a convict that he may convince us to follow him, that he may convince us to believe in him, that he may convince us to carry our cross. That I have done it, you can do it. I came out with glory, you can come out with glory. Someone is coming out with glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus was legally accused that we may be accused from every offenses of our sins. He was accused that he may accuse us. And this is why Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is no more condemnation to them that what? That be in Christ. No more condemnation. He was accused that we may be accused. So, no matter how worst your past may be, you are not to look at the past. You are to look at Jesus who has sacrificed his blood on the cross of Calvary because of your past. He was accused for our mistakes. The sin of Adam and Eve that we inherited. He bore them. He buried them. Is someone here? So stop looking at the mistakes of the past, even of the present. For Jesus has taken your mistakes. 
He has borne your errors and he has buried them. It will be a shame to your faith to still live in the past. Now I wrote something here. Jesus, you know Jesus said, I have not come to destroy the law, but I have come to fulfill it. And many of us don't understand how he came to fulfill the law. Now, sometimes ago, Holy Spirit told me what I'm about to say. Jesus fulfilled the law by dying in love. By what? He died in love. The love of who? Of us. He fulfilled the law by dying in love because of us. Who shall we say? Who will go before us? Oh, Isaiah chapter 6. And he said, Yeah, I am sent me. He said, Ah, yeah, sin is too heavy. He said, I will carry it. Ah, their yoke is heavy. He said, Put it upon me. And that is why he said in Matthew chapter 11, 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and the heavy lady, and I will give you rest. For he bore the yoke of our sin and the burden of our heroes in order to reconcile us to our father. By the sin of Adam and Eve, we were disconnected from the father. But by the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, we were reconciliated to the father. So in the time of Adam, we experienced disconnection. But in the time of Jesus, we experienced what? Reconciliation. So stop judging yourself by the law. Start living your life by his love. Now, one of the errors of the people in the Old Testament was judging and living their life by the law. And the law made a lot of them to, to get lost. When you live by the law, you, you will be lost. Love is the cure for the law. Now, we want to look at why did Jesus endure the cross? Why did Jesus endure the cross? You know, we celebrate the crucifixion of Jesus and yet we don't understand what he went through. We all, you know, when, even when we watch it on the TV or wherever, we don't really understand the importance. We only cry for a moment. And after we have finished watching, we forget the pains because we don't understand the purpose. Someone said, if purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. Why did Jesus endure the cross? Number one, Jesus endured the cross that we may cross over from death to life. John chapter 5 verse 24. And the Bible says here, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me as everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. So Jesus endured the cross that we may experience passage from death to what? To life. He who hears my word and believes in him. Now, John 6 verse 63 says, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profited nothing. The word that speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. Now, how do you pass from death to life? By the quickening spirit and the word of God. So, the word of Jesus has the capacity to 
pass us or to move us from the realm of death into the realm of life. Why it has the capacity to quicken you? Now, to quicken means to revive, to raise up. Man was made a living soul by the breath of life in Genesis chapter 2. But man became, you know, when man sinned and fell into the hands of Satan, we were quickened by the spirit of Jesus. Romans 8 chapter 11, the Bible says, If the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in your mortal body, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal body. So the quickening spirit is different from the living spirit. The living spirit is meant to create. The quickening spirit is meant to resurrect what has been created that became dead. And that's the reason Jesus said to Martha in John chapter 11, he said, I have to do. I am the life and resurrection. He that believeth me shall not die. And by eventually he is dead, he will come back alive. So by the word of God and the death and resurrection of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, your life, your spirit man, your body, your soul can be quickened from sin to life. It can be quickened from sin to holiness. From iniquity to sanctification. Many of us, we try to obey and fulfill the law of God by trying to be conscious of the laws. You can't keep the laws by being conscious of the law. You can only keep the laws of God by being conscious of the love of Christ. You cannot keep the laws of God by being conscious of the laws. What do I mean? Hey, I will not look at that fine girl. Mm, you know, imagine I'm fasting and they are cooking fridays around me. Hey, you now cover your nose. No! You are conscious of it, you will fall into it. But how do we fulfill the law? We are conscious of the love, the death, the resurrection of Christ on the cross of Calvary that he has died for us and he was resurrected for our sake that we may rise again. Now, let me say this. The Bible says, when the prodigal son came back to his senses, the Jose he came back to his senses. He said, ah, hello, though I am a sinner, though I have behaved bastardly, but how many of my father's servants I eat more than enough in, in our house. No, I will go back to my father. No, he, he, I will go to my go back to my father and I will tell my father, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I am not wanting to be called thy son, but make me one of the servants. You know what that means? He, he came to the consciousness of the love of his father. He said, My father does not treat his servants anyhow. So let me go and be a servant so I can enjoy the grace of my father. But the father said, no, you can never be a servant. You still remain my son. Someone is here. I see God's love being restored upon you in the name of Jesus. So don't stop being conscious of the loss. I don't want to fornicate. I don't want to steal. I don't want to, I don't want to abuse. I don't, no, 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 no. 
Just be conscious of the one who loves you. I hope that is established. You know, when you are conscious of the love, you will never want to hurt your father. <laughs> if you understand how much your father loves you, you will never want to. If a wife understands or her husband understands how much they love themselves, ah, I won't prepare this food. My husband does not like it. So when you are conscious of love, you, you, will, you, over, you will easily overcome sin. Because you are guided by love, not by law. Jesus also endured the cross that we may be free or redeemed from eternal cause. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. And the Bible says, Christ has redeemed all from the cross of the law, having become a cause for us, for it is written. Cause is everyone who hangs on a tree. Hallelujah. So it became a cause that we may not be caused. So no one is permitted to cause us because Jesus was a cause on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Number three, he also endured the cross that we may enjoy the cause of faith. That journey of faith is sweet. Hmm. How did I know? When Jesus and his disciples were in the boats, and the Bible said there was a storm, Jesus was asleep. He was putting his head on a pillow. And the Bible says that disciples of Jesus were struggling with the storm or with the wind. And when they could not undo it, they said, Jesus, Jesus, Master, don't you care if we perish? Say, why are you disturbing me? Okay, you wind. Let there be calm. Jesus was calm. He was, he was sleeping. No, no frustration, no pressure. Even in the midst of storm, he was asleep. In other words, in the midst of our, of our storm, we can have rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and a heavy lady, and I will give you rest. So, in the midst of your crisis, even as you carry your cross and follow Jesus, you have his rest. The cause of this faith carries the treasures of heaven. So, I've told you before, Christ never called us to follow him in vain. Hallelujah. Number four, Jesus endured the cross that he may bear the cost of our spiritual deaths. He endured the cross. He patiently endured the cross that he may bear the cost of our spiritual deaths. In other words, he took the place of our deaths. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Who died for us? When we were what? When we were what? When we deserve to die. When we were, when, when we were yes, sinners. When we deserve to die. When we should have been sentenced to eternal judgment. Jesus the cost of our spiritual debts. So you are no longer permitted to live in sin but to die to sin because he, has, he, he was dead for our sake in the flesh. Now what is our own cross? Now what is your own cross? What is my cross? You know we always say ah, you have to carry your cross. In Matthew chapter 10 
37 to 38, as we read the other time. Jesus said, He that loves his father and mother, more than me, is not worthy of me. And he that loves his son and his daughter, more than me, is not worthy of me. But he that will not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me as well. That's verse 38. He that will not take his cross and follow me. So our cross is to follow Jesus. Now, when we were, you know, when we were young, we were, we were taught that our cross is our problem. Maybe barrenness, maybe sickness. You know, you say, uh, uh, I have accepted it as my cross that I am single. I have accepted it as my cross that no child. You know, some people say, it's my cross that I didn't go to school. That is not your cross. That is not your what? Holy Spirit taught me. He said, our cross is to follow Jesus. He that will not carry his cross or take a cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So our cross is our destiny. So we have to follow him in order to fulfill destiny. We have to follow him. If you don't follow him, you can't fulfill destiny. A lot of us, we seem to believe even believers that anyone who is who is not born again can fulfill destiny. It's a lie. Anything you do outside Christ is a waste. Anything, anything, whether ministry, whatever, if Christ is not at the center stage, it's a waste. Humanity may say thank you. If divinity does not embrace you, it's a waste. He that will know take his cross and follow me. It didn't say carry the cross of your career. Mm. It didn't say your marriage is your cross. We have seen people, men of God, women of God that were never that were never married and still fulfill destiny. If barrenness is your problem, that is making you know to carry your cross. May I tell you this? When you get to heaven. Nobody is going to ask you how many children did you give birth to on earth. I didn't go to school. If that is your own cross, oh, you are at the crossroad already. I came from a broke background. That is not the cross. Your cross is to be conformed to the image of Christ. What should be our priority? What should be our passion? What should be our purpose for pursuit is to be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, the word image in that context means the person or character to be equal in character and in person with Jesus. In Antioch, they saw the disciples, they said, Hey, these are Christian, the follower of Jesus Christ. You don't need to preach before they say you are you are born again. By their fruit, not by their gifts. A lot of believers pay so much attention to their gifts and lose their fruits. By 
plenty of fruit. So the more fruit you bear, the more conformed you are to the image of Christ. Remember I said, the image in this context means the person or personality and the character of Jesus. Amen. Now the problems in our lives are strategically positioned to do three things. Number one, to make us deny the cross. Many people have stopped, you know, going to church because of their problem. I have prayed, I have fasted, I have done everything. What else do you want me to do? Oh, well, I'm tired. Not knowing that what God has called them to do is more than the problem they carry. Now, I have discovered that you fulfill destiny. I mean, you follow Christ to an extent that you forget your problems. And you know what? There are problems will soon leave you. As long as Jesus endured the cross and enjoyed the glory eventually, we end, our matter will end up in glory. You know, I used to say, right for my uh, Christian babyhood, it will always get better. And it's getting better. It's getting better. Is getting better. So you have to follow Jesus and become like him. Now, he said, Come, let us make man in our own image. And in our own what? Likeness. So the essence of that death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is to become like him. To manifest in his image. Sophia. In other words, when they see you, they have seen Jesus. Our life becomes the bus of observation. Hey. Oh, I have said that we never accept Jesus, but because of you. That is what God is saying. That some people will denounce their born againism because of your attitude. That will never be our portion. So you understand what your cross is all about. So, number two, the problem is strategically positioned in our life by the devil and by circumstances to make us forsake Jesus. He that endure to the end shall be saved. No, he that start the race. The starter of race may not win the race. It is the finisher that gets the price. And that is why Jesus was called the author and the finisher of our what? The word finisher means perfectionist. So your imperfection has been perfected through Christ Jesus. So I am a perfect man. You are a perfect being. You know, I've heard Christians say, can we be perfect? No, nobody is perfect. If you continue to say that, your destiny will always manifest imperfection. Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is what? Carol deliver. Now, what makes us perfect? Love is what makes every believer perfect. Oh, 
Romans 13. First, I mean, first Corinthians 13. First Corinthians 13. Let's see something there. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. I didn't write this one down. It's a revelation. It's a revelation. First Corinthians 13. Now I will read from verse 8 to 9. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Remember, prophecy is part of gifts. Now I've told you, don't put so much attention on your gift, but on you becoming the image of what? Conforming with the image of what? Of Christ. They will fail. Whether there are tongues, you know, it's still part of their gift, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it's still part of the gift, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when which is perfect has come, then that which is in part, we what? We be done away. And that which is perfect is love of Christ. So what makes us perfect is our consciousness of the love of Christ. Not the consciousness of your past. Not the consciousness of who you were or who you are. You may be weak in the body, but the Bible says, let the weak say, I am what? I am strong. So your strength is not within you. The strength, your strength is in Christ or through Christ. I can do all things. Do Christ who strengthens me. Who strengthens you? So our the source of our strength is through Christ. And that is why you see some people give up in the midst of problems. Because they grasp for strengths of their own. It's not by might, no strength, but by my spirit. Hallelujah, no time. No time. Number three, the problems are strategically positioned in our lives to separate us from the love of Christ. The love of God, rather. Romans 8.35 says that. How do we access the glory behind the cross? How do we access the glory behind the cross? Number one, let your focus be on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. And the Bible says... Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto whom? I can't hear you. Looking unto pastor. Unto prophets. Unto your father and mother. Unto your mentors. Looking unto Jesus. The author. And the fin finisher. Of our faith. So we are to focus on him. Not on our cross. When you focus on your cross. You will find yourself at crossroads. That is when you hear, I am tired, what is to me? I can't go again. That will never be our portion. And we always go the, uh, up the, up, up the fad. Make the heart sick. Who told you? Who told you that? Where you, the Bible says in Psalm 89 verse 15, and they look unto him, and their eyes was radiant. Oh. And they looked unto him. And their eyes was radiant. So when you look unto Jesus, you can never explain darkness. Looking unto Jesus, 
the one who knows the beginning of our journey and the one who perfects our weaknesses. That's what the Bible is trying to say. Is someone here? Now, when you look up to Jesus, something happens. I want to review something here by the grace of the Lord. Now, verse 1, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Every what? <clears throat> Something that is heavy is called weight. And the sin which so easily has near us. And let us run with endurance. The rate that is said before. In other words, he said, There is a race that is set before us. If our focus is not on our problems, our weaknesses, our challenges, our background, you know, the business that is not working, you know, the education that is not that is not profiting. He said, if your focus is on the kingdom cause, if your focus is on fulfilling the law, the, the love of Christ, then he said you will be able to lay aside of your thoughts pulling down the stronghold and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ oh I told you that in our last teaching on Sunday I said there are three things that dark, there are three weapons that darkness walks darkness walk through the weapon of what fear the weapon of what ignorance and the weapon of what Awaits through which they are way down spiritually. You are growing, you are growing, you are happy. Oh, I am already in the spirit. You are growing in this all of a sudden you enter into sin because you have lost focus. Jesus, you know, appeared to the disciples on the night and at a midnight right now, and the Bible says. They were afraid. They thought it was a ghost. And he said, I'm not a ghost. And Peter, asked, you know, he was so good. And he said, and he said, if you are not a ghost, beat me to come. And he said, come. Bam! He entered the, the, you know, the sea. And he began to walk. He began to walk as Jesus walked. And later when I said, the works I did, I did. Yeah, great, yes, I do. Greater works, yes, I do. And he was walking. And there was a storm. He said, Jesus, help me, help me, help me. He said, Why are you fearful? Uh, uh, why do you want to, why don't you have it? Weight of fear, weight of evil thoughts, the weight of disobedience. That so easily make us slaves. To a slave means to make a slave. focus on Jesus we will never be able to be snared by the weight of sin, weight of fear weight of disobedience because we are not looking at the things that are sin that are all separate but the things that are sin but things that are what are sin for the things that are sin are temporal 
for this, but this that I'll see are eternal. So if our focus on it is on eternity, we will never fall into carnality. That is why Jesus said in, in Matthew 6 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, he said, let your focus be on eternity. You will never be a victim of carnality. The reason why you will before our lives is because our mind is on the things of this world. Is someone here? Number two. You must humble yourself before God and man. We must humble ourselves before God and who? In order to what? To access the glory behind the cross. And I tell you, the glory behind the cross is not for everyone. It's for those who have crossed from death to what? To life. Now, Philippians chapter 2, I'll read verse 7 and verse 8b. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 7. And it's B. And the Bible says, okay, but made himself of no reputation. No what? No reputation. You cannot run the race of faith with pride and not strife. You will strive. And that is why I said we have to lay aside all those, you know, weights that entangles us. All entanglements. He made him, but he made himself no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Okay, verse part B of eight. He humbled himself and became. If he humbled himself, that's where I want to stop. He what? He humbled himself. He humbled himself. Now, in other words. He allowed himself to be teachable. To be what? He allowed himself to be pushable. Come and say pushable. He allowed himself to be leadable. Come and say leadable. Imagine when the, the thief at the, at the left hand of Jesus said, Oh, God, for now, we don't hear about you. Waiting in the now. Do magic now. Make me and you leave this guy or this guy no. No one free. You understand? Said, and you know, Jesus did not answer him. What if it were you and I? Abi? Psalm 35, my brother. Is someone here? Ah! Jesus was so patient. May we receive the anointing of his patience in the name of Jesus. Offended, despite many offenses, I'm speaking as a prophet. Many of us, the only major reason why some people's, you know, destiny is not moving forward is anger. The only thing, anger. 
They pay tight, they do everything. But when they pray, when they fast, when they do all those things, they will destroy it with one minute anger. Is someone here? He was humble enough to bear the shame of the cross. Come on, say the shame of the cross. Some people have left the, I mean, the presence of God. They have left the coverage of grace because they could not. I cannot take that shit from my from anybody. Nobody can talk to me like that. You better allow them to talk to you so that you can continue to talk to heaven. Some people have left their church where God has placed their grace because of a little quarrel. In fact, the ministry have discovered that some people leave church, eh? not because they were directly offended, because they, you know, because they offended their friend. I have seen it. May we never die in ignorance. They took the fight of someone else. How can you? How can they do this to you? They left. Jesus remained unoffended despite many offenses. He was able to bear the shame. He was able to manage the betrayer of his disciples. It is an art of total and absolute humility. No, 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 no. Let me say this. All his disciples, including the boat Peter, the rock, betrayed him. And yet, after resurrection, he still made say, I give you, I give you power. <laughs> Continue the job for me. If it were we, we pastors and prophets of nowadays, ah, Ekbe, Adabi, Adabi, don't bother the rabbi me. Some, some people are struggling in ministry because of the cause of their spiritual fathers upon them. You know, when I began to see these things in those days, I became humble. Naturally, I wasn't humble. I, I never take shits. I never. I never. I was never a natural tolerant person. But thank God for Philippians 2. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. In Psalm 25, verse 9, the meek will he teach his way. And the meek will he guide in his path. So, humility makes you teachable. And guidable by the Spirit of God. Is someone here? If God cannot teach you, He cannot lead you. He's telling you turn to the right. He said, No, ah, this this right that you're saying, I should turn to. Ah, nothing is there. Nothing is there, sir. Yeah, you can't you see it? This left is so is so is so fruitful. In Genesis 26, Isaac was about to go to Egypt. And the angel of the Lord said, Don't go. Don't go and go and destroy your life like your father. Stay in terror. That is humility. He never told the 
the the thief at the left hand. Ah, you will hear me. You are talking to you don't know who I am. You don't know who I am. Oh yeah. Peter caught one of the Pharisee sons here. Abi. And Jesus said, ah, ah, wait, you know, do do baby, you know, ah, you have brought this, your anger, yeah? You take your ear, Daniel, yeah? Go back. Do you know Jesus was a surgeon? Yeah, that was surgery. Is it not? Yes, now, he was a surgeon. So if you are going to any ailment that needs surgery, call him. Only she could not want me. Yes, what about me, Daniel? Or all the money, Lalada. That speak to you, their spirit and their life, they can quicken you. It's because we don't get, we don't understand it. And he said, Yeah, take your ear, you perform the surgery, said you can go. Peter, 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 to today, stop this nonsense, stop this, your anger. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. On the cross of Kabadi, they spat on him, he didn't get angry. No retaliation. Abuse me sometimes they go on the road, and my children that were following me wanted if they wanted to get angry. I need to if you get angry, you are in trouble. Is it you that he abused? Is it not me? And after we left the scenario, and I told them, What if Jesus came? Well, what if the, the rapture came upon us there? What if so he will meet us fighting and shouting with an unbeliever? May we never be put to shame. Amen. You must be obedient to death. You must be what? Philippians 2, 8b. He became obedient unto what? Unto death. of death, even the death of the cross. Ah! Let's see the obedience. Let's see the obedience the, the Bible is talking about. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Luke 22, 42. Luke 22, 42. Luke 22, 42. And the Bible says here, Okay, let me read from 41. And it was withdrawn from there. About a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, it is if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but you, but yours. Be what? Be what? Be done. So Jesus obeyed the perfect will of the Father to sacrifice his blood on the cross of Calvary for us. Is someone here? I said a lot of believers have disobeyed God just because they want to have their way. If you want to always have your way, you cannot pass, you know, you know, fulfill his will. And until you learn to obey the perfect will of God, you can never experience perfect peace. To command perfect peace, hello, obey his perfect will. Hallelujah. 
the glory behind the cross is for us to carry our own cross and what? And follow him. I think there's a scripture I want to show us. Matthew 19, 27. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we gain? What shall we have? Hey, it's always good. So Jesus said to him, As shortly I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me, including me and you, not just Peter and the disciples, we also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, and everyone, thank, thank you, thank you, Jesus here. And everyone who has left houses, or brother, or brothers, or sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Oh. And what? Eternity is the goal. Hallelujah. Peter asked him, he said, He's also now that's this man. You told this man, this rich man to follow you, and he refused. <laughs> Wait, that we are certain to follow you. What will be our game? He said, You will have eternal life. You will sit at my right hand on the judgment day. You will be amongst those that will judge the people. Is someone here? He said, That is not all. For everything you have forsaken for my sake, you will have hundred percent. So we are to be, we are going to be blessed both spiritually and materially for following Jesus. It's not that see Christianity never said that we should be poor. Christianity brings about prosperity in all areas. Hallelujah. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you because of your war. Thank you because you have refreshed our souls. Thank you because you have transformed our spirit man. Father, we thank you for your word that has gone out of our mouth. That is working wonders in the lives of your people. Father, we say be thou exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray that this world will not stand against us and that in the day of judgment in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Are you listening and you want to give your life to Jesus? Say after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you with a load of my sins. I confess my sin. Have mercy upon me and forgive me my sins by your blood. As from today, I confess you as my Lord and personal Savior. I belong to you, Christ. Thank you for accepting me. Write my name in the book of life. I am born again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.